Welcome to the Tech Legal Matters podcast by iAfrican Radio. Since 2015, we at iAfrican.com have been doing research and publishing about significant data breaches and leaks across Africa. Some we have reported on publicly, while others were too sensitive and we simply notified the relevant authorities without publicly reporting on them. During the same period, we have also researched and reported extensively on cybersecurity, privacy, and data protection-related matters across Africa. What we have always observed is that not many people and organizations understand the legal implications of the various technologies that they use. In this podcast, we will explore these topics and more with a specific focus on the intersection of technology and the law, how that affects you as an individual, but also from a business perspective. New episodes of the Tech Legal Matters podcast will be broadcast every Friday. The podcast will also feature analysis, insights, and commentary from attorneys who specialize in information and communications technology law. My name is Bataun Kotsokwad, and I'll be your host. In this episode of Tech Legal Matters, Andrew Bourne, Africa Regional Manager at Zoho, joins us to walk us through his organization's journey in meeting papaya compliance standards. Also, as Principal Information Officer, how he coordinates efforts to maintain and ensure privacy. This week's current affairs report, we look at stories in and around cybersecurity, information breaches, and privacy. Kyosha Information Breach. Kyosha, a registered financial services provider in South Africa, reported a data breach of its 250 clients' customers on the 9th of June 2021. Kyosha is a collection and handling agency for South Africa's largest insurance companies and brokers. Vulnerability in its IT infrastructure allowed unauthorized extraction of information from the company's server. Hack source code of FIFA 2021. Gaming conglomerate EA Sports has fallen victim to a cyber attack. Hackers have stolen 780 gigabytes worth of data and the source code for FIFA 21 from their Frostbite engine, a gaming development tool. This follows a string of cyber attacks in the gaming sector. CD Projekt Red's source code for Cyberpunk 2077 was hacked along with Nintendo's source code for Super Mario Kart last year. Losing control of your source code and programming is a big deal. Hackers can derive insights into the inner workings of the game. This allows the development of cheats and cracks. LinkedIn data breach. 700 million LinkedIn profiles are up for sale on the dark web in hacker forums. This is the second LinkedIn data breach. On the 6th of April 2021, 500 million profile details were also leaked. This is worrying for all LinkedIn users as details of the information addresses, email addresses, phone numbers, physical addresses, geolocation records, gender, full names, and profile URLs are all up for grabs on the dog. LinkedIn has a total of 740 million global users. Thus, we should all assume that our information is in the hands of these devious actors. How are you, Andrew? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? Glad to join us. It's, it's a bit chilly in, in Cape Town. Yes, yes, yes. But uh, no, very good to have this conversation with you. Andrew, who is Andrew Bourne? If you could just give us a, an introduction for, for our viewers, our listeners. So as you said, I'm the, the regional manager for Africa for Zoho Corporation. And um, Zoho is a company, a global tech company. We've created more than 50 uh, business applications um, 
and we've got more than 60 million users that trust and use our technology across the globe. And me specifically, I run the, um, the South African office. We're building a local office in, in Cape Town. We're employing local staff to support and to service our customers as well as our Zoho partners, which are IT firms that resell Zoho. They also do customization and implementation of our technology with our various customers. So I'm managing all of that as well as you know the partner relations recruitment, uh, PR, talking to, you know, radio stations and TV stations about Zoho. And um, it's rapidly growing. South African um, businesses and African businesses as a whole have really taken, uh, you know, to Zoho um, just because of the, the the, the amount of apps that we that we offer at such a unique pricing model. So companies in South Africa can get access to you know more than forty five business applications for four hundred and fifty rand per employee per month, which is incredible. Because if you had to try and pick those applications from other service providers or other vendors, you would be looking at more than two thousand, three thousand rand per employee. Per month, so it's it's a very good offering, and it's it's been taken up in Africa, and um, it, we're highly secure, and so that's why we're we're taking such a strong stance on privacy in the region. As regional manager for Africa, what's your responsibility over Africa? Because you're based in Cape Town, how do you relate with other African countries outside of the South African jurisdiction? So we have um, local staff that we are employing. We've got uh, our first staff member in Kenya. We've got staff in Nigeria. Um, and in North Africa, we've got uh, Egypt and Cairo. Um, and we interact with our partners. So we've got partners that service many of the African countries. And um, we work very closely with them to make sure that we comply with local laws, to make sure that we are offering products and services that the, that the people in those countries need. Zoho is currently expanding aggressively on the continent. As you mentioned, you're having you establishing local offices in, in Kenya, Nigeria, Egypt. Also further, in our previous discussion on the article interview that we had you on, you mentioned the fact that um, you're establishing data centers in South Africa. Uh, how advanced are these plans? So um, we're in the planning discussions. So we're speaking to people that own land. We're speaking to some of the large telecommunications companies. Zoho is really known for owning all layers of the technology stack, which means mm -hmm. that we own the code of our, of our applications, but we own everything down to the servers, to the data centers, to the land that the data center is on. Mm -hmm. And the reason we do that is that we can then offer the most highly secure technology because you see there's no other third party that we're using right mm -hmm. so we're not using a another company that manages the data center that could have access to the data we control and manage everything so at the moment we're just in negotiations with how we're going to structure the data center in south africa um, we're also focusing on our dubai data center that's also in the planning process so we i don't have an exact eta on south africa's data center but it's definitely in the in the process in the process no beautiful i like how you mentioned the fact that you really minimize third-party involvement apart from securities is there other business reasons why you, you minimize third parties as possible uh, well it's to be the most secure you know okay. we've got we've got companies like tesla that use our technology and okay. uh, i can tell you probably one of the reasons is because of our security we've had external security audits done by firms in America that have put us up against listed technology companies mm. and we come out far and beyond them. So it, it's, it's Zoho's stance to privacy and security. We want to make sure we have the most you know, private and secure technology that, that businesses can use. Zoho currently has services and clients in the country. 
for the sake of papaya, would I regard you as principal information officer for, for Zoho? Yeah, I have registered as the as the information officer for Zoho. Beautiful. In South Africa. And how was that process? Because there was um, a bit of a, yeah, there was a bit it, of a mishap at the information regulator. Yes, exactly. So their online portal is, I don't know if it's working today, but it wasn't working two days ago when I looked at it. Um, so what I've done just as I would say best practice is I have filled in the PDF um, okay. application form that they have provided uh, and I've emailed that to them. So it's just important. They have, I think, said that um, that information officers don't necessarily have to have it done or have to be registered by the 1st of July. And this is due to their technical difficulties. Yeah, they extend, um, extended that to, I think, the 1st of February next year, 2022. Yeah, exactly. But, um, you know, just as best practice, I'm putting through a PDF. I feel sorry for them because they're going to receive all these PDFs, you know, that are being emailed to them. But um, eventually, once the portal is up and running, uh, then I'll just uh, register there. Beautiful. Um, the cost of papaya um, in terms of compliance from start to end, just take me through, walk me through the journey, you know, because this papaya compliance has a lot of complexities to it, such as papaya, the risk assessment, uh, the security risk assessment. How do you navigate the compliance aspect? So obviously we're lucky. We're a global company. We've got more than 10,000 staff. Uh, we have a dedicated privacy and legal team. Uh, and so they went through it with me. Um, and uh, it's just a case of you know, reading the uh, the law that is p- published and then interpreting it in the best way possible, right? Any law once published is up for interpretation. You need to then send your questions to the regulator or to whoever is enforcing that law. And then also once the law is then put in place and enforced, you'll see that there'll be precedents being set. So things will happen and the regulator will make decisions on it and you will then have more of an idea of exactly how they're going to police that law. So it was quite an extensive process, but we went through it very carefully. And luckily, we've done it already before with GDPR and other data privacy laws. And uh, it was a case of, yeah, just going through it very carefully, making sure that we had everything in place. And, and also the, the international standards, the ISO approvals, um, which we had in place in any case with the security of our, our technology. Wow. So, yeah, I think for smaller businesses, it's going to be a case of, you know, finding maybe an attorney or a lawyer, you know, and um, reading up about it and then going through the notes of the um, of the privacy law and having a look to just make sure that they fully understand exactly what they need to do to comply. How involved are you in that process? Because a lot with a lot of these multinational they'll dispatch a team uh, from the head office to come here and then just sort of, you know, framework everything. How involved are you are as the principal? So what happens is um, our team goes ahead and they look in it in detail, right? Um, and it sometimes takes them a few a few days and weeks for them to come back. And then they present to me, we have a meeting, a virtual meeting. They go through each part of the law and they then explain to me their interpretation of it. And then I make sure that it's being interpreted correctly. So it's a case of, you know, a team of us go through it. Um, they'll then put down, you know, they'll also look at the differences between GDPR and Poppy and make sure that, you know, we comply in that way. So, um, yeah, they'll go through it in, in, in much detail. Then they come to me and we then go through each point. Um, and then I make sure that the uh, interpretation of the law is, is correct. 
other African markets or jurisdiction rather, uh, its compliances, will you also be spearheading those efforts? Because it's the 30th of June. The papaya in South Africa is coming into effect literally tomorrow. So a lot of other jurisdictions are, are to follow suit. How will you be navigating that as South Africa being a test run as other jurisdictions follow suit in that direction? Well, for us, it's going to be quite simple. I know we have, it's not the first you know, data law we've had to comply with. So it would be the same process, finding out what the law says. I think we're quite lucky in the sense that all, or let's say most uh, data privacy laws um, have been put in place with, with GDPR in mind. And the reason the reason I say that is GDPR uh, does not have any boundaries. Um, it protects European citizens wherever they are in the world. So as long as you are a business, let's say you're a business in South Africa or Kenya or Nigeria, but but your business offers product or service to European citizens, then you have to comply with GDPR. 100%. So it's it's just best practice, you know, for um, for these countries to look at GDPR and to draft their privacy laws just with that in mind. Zoho has a lot of small, medium, and large enterprises. Could you probably share advice and insights to your clients to how to undergo this journey of papaya compliance? I think it's such an important aspect. And Zoho has a lot of international resources to go about it. But if you were to niche it down to the South African business, uh, whether it's small, medium, large, uh, how would you advise them on that journey? Well, obviously, they need to, to, to take the law into consideration. But if I think about it, you need to make sure that your that your customer is happy, right? I mean, that's first and foremost, the most important thing. So you need to protect their data. So I would say put in place the security policies like two-factor authentication. So when staff log into your technical system, they do get like a code SMS to them or they use the Zoho authentication app to authenticate that it is them that's logging in. Um, make sure that consent is easy for your customers. You know, when you're sending out a bulk email and make sure it says, you know, how it's unsubscribe at the bottom, the person can edit their, uh, their email preferences of what they can receive and then be transparent. Parent, you know, if you're going to ask people to fill out a form and you're asking them for their birthday, tell them why you need their birthday, right? Mm. I mean, you, it could be something like, you know, on your birthday, we'll send you a, um, a gift or a discount voucher. You know, but you need to, but you need to explain it to people, you know, um, which is what Poppy says, you need to be transparent, you need to tell them what you're going to use the data for. And I think if we think about also third party tracking, if you're going to have third party tracking on your website, allow people to opt to not be tracked. You know, when Apple updated its um, the iOS uh, 14.5, it now allowed Apple um, iPhone users to decide whether they wanted to be tracked or not. 100%. And it was 87% said no. So if we mm. look at that as a trend, the majority of people don't want to be tracked. So give them 100%. that option, you know, um, and make it easy for them to do it. Don't make it tricky where, you know, it says consent to these cookies. And then it says, you know, select cookies, you click on it. And then it has this very, you know, legal jargon about what the cookies are used for and how you're going to be tracked. Make it simple. Again, with your privacy policies, you can have a, a long documented privacy policy, but have, you know, a, a infographic or, or just notes where it's bullet pointed, where it's, you know, it explains to people what their data is going to be used and how it's secured. So that would be my advice. Just make it real easy for people to see that you comply. And the companies that do that well are going to set themselves you know, ahead of their competitors. Regarding South Africa, has any of your clients uh, been calling you, been asking you questions? How, how, is the, uh, how is the landscape in terms of your clients being around papaya? Are there any frustrations? Are there any key 
key insights you could share with us? Yeah, I mean, some people have asked the best way to document the consent. Um, it's quite easy in our Zoho CRM, which is our you know, customer relationship management, which is probably the core place where you would keep you know, your customer information and the consent. We've got the uh, GDPR features and compliance features. So if you go into the settings of CRM, you go to compliance, you can even, you just switch on GDPR. All right, and in there, it allows you to select how you're you know, processing the data. It allows you to build a consent form. It uh, allows you to select you know, who you need to get consent from. So it's, it's quite easy with our technology. You know, the, the features are built in there. Central to this discussion is privacy. Uh, Zoho and Worldwide Works recently published uh, a study a survey, uh, surveying 448 businesses in South Africa. Let's talk about that study. Why did Zoho commission this report? So we knew that obviously Poppy was coming into place and that privacy is a very hot topic right now. And we wanted to know, you know, what's happening in Africa, you know, on how, how well do the businesses know about the privacy laws? How seriously are they taking the privacy laws? Uh, do they feel like the privacy laws are going to impact them in certain ways? Um, and also it's, also, a reason we did it was to create awareness so that people are aware, you know, about third-party trackers and how it can, um, you know, it, it can really put you in a tricky position that if there's a data breach and this third party got the data from your website, then the information regulator in their investigation could find you negligible of keeping your, your customer's data secure and safe. 100%. So it's just important to make that awareness. And then also we wanted to know, you know, how prepared our businesses. This report, it's been commissioned in, in South Africa predominantly. It was surveyed in South Africa. Should we expect any further reports uh, in other parts of Africa on the continent as you're expanding into other regions like Nigeria, Kenya, Egypt? With regards to the study? With regards to privacy or any other aspect of cybersecurity, information security broadly on the continent? Oh, definitely. I mean, we're going to keep looking at it. It's, I think it's the most important thing. You know, their their companies. Uh, there was one in South Africa. You know, a few months ago, I suppose a year, a few years ago, um, a credit bureau that was there was a huge data breach, and that is serious. 100%. You know, that that you credit bureau, that. it had yeah, exactly. It had people's residential addresses, ID numbers, mm. phone numbers. Mm. You know, it had, credit, credit, it had credit history. So, yeah. it's and I, I I'll tell you the biggest scary thing is that when there are these data breaches, okay. There are these, the dark web, let's call it the dark web, people that 100%. shouldn't really have access to this information. Every time there's a breach and this, and this information is on the dark web, people are getting hold of it, okay? Mm. People that will use it for criminal use, right? But in these data breaches, there are things that we call unique identifiers. So it could be something as simple as an ID number, which uniquely identifies you. It could be an IP address, which identifies your computer, okay, or your device, Right. And as soon as all this data breach happens and they put all this information together, they can pick up these unique identifiers and they can then bring 100%. all of the information together. So they at some point might actually have, you know, so much information on you that they could potentially know you better than you know yourself. You know, they could know what, what music you listen to when you're unhappy. They could know, you know, what movies you listen, you know, you watch. They, you know, there's so much data that these, these applications are harvesting. Um, there was a free antivirus that was found to be documenting people's browser history. 
and there was a data breach and i think there was also blackmail then that that happened because these hackers then knew these certain individuals were looking at certain websites so you can just see how bad it can get in preempting such leaks or breaches does your organization have some sort of playbook to say that if this were to happen then this is what kicks in from our side to mitigate that impact Oh, yes, definitely. I mean, we've got risk assessments, we've got threat modeling, um, you know, hackathons, like, you know, um, we are constantly testing our security and, and how we do things. So it's, yes, we, we are very serious about that. Of the insights from the, from the report, the privacy study, um, how would you rate South African businesses' attitude towards privacy hygiene? Go into a bit deep. What do you mean by hygiene? Just generally hygiene, how, how, how they conduct themselves, the, the culture within the organization, um, the online footprint regarding their websites. How, how, how do you rate South African businesses? It's difficult. You know, di- uh, the different levels of businesses are obviously better than others. But I would say, I mean, the studies showed you that 78% of businesses weren't really aware of the privacy policies, um, you know, which means that they didn't take it seriously enough. But I can tell you now, uh, once there are judgments made and there are examples made, people are going to take it a lot more seriously. But I've seen even the companies that I deal with, uh, you know, some of them have sent out emailers to say, you know, this is now a, a website that we that you can go on and see how we comply with Poppy. Uh, and, you know, please um, give us your consent. Or it would say, uh, you have opted into our newsletter, but please bear in mind that you can opt out you know, at the bottom by clicking the unsubscribe button. So yeah, they've definitely taken that very seriously. Uh, I think something that businesses need to, I suppose, take very seriously is the technology they use. And I'll just tell you why, and I'll give you an example. I had a business in South Africa contact me a few months ago. They were using one of our products, but I said to them, you know, why don't they use a our support desk, Zoho Desk, it's ranked the best, you know, support desk software in the world. And they said, no, it's fine. We're using a free desk, support desk application. And I said, hold on, you're a big company. You're a big retailer. Why are you re- using free software? They said, oh, but you know, it doesn't matter. It's just adverts. And wow. that's how we can get it for free. So I said to them, I said, hold on, let me quickly go and read up about this because it was an application I had never heard of because, you know, if it's a competitor, you usually know about them. And so I went in and I read up and it and it was very clear that yes, adverts is part of the revenue model, but there was a portion that said that the company can also use the information that you put in to each support ticket. And for those that don't know, a support ticket is a, a little form that the staff member will fill out information about what the support query is about. And in there, you would have the person's email address. You'd potentially have their phone number. You'd potentially have the products that they're querying about. You could have a delivery address. And so I went back to this company and I said, you guys are using this free technology, but do you know that they can use the data that you input into the technology, Mm. into each ticket? And I said to him, what information are you putting in there? And there was silence for a moment. (laughs) And he said, oh my goodness. He said, I didn't know this. He's like... I need to deal with this as soon as possible, you know, because they were putting in customers' data. And so now if there was a data breach by this technology company that is free and it is then shown that the data breach was linked to your company, then the regulator is going to look at you and say, but you knew that this was free technology and you should have known that it was sharing customer details. 
Therefore, you are oh. guilty of, of, of not taking enough care to protect your customers' privacy and their, and their information. So that's just a prime example. And I think it happened in South Africa. And I think there are other businesses that probably have the same problem. So they need to make sure if they're using free software, they need to know exactly what the privacy policies are. If there's adverts, again, it's a red flag. Make sure you read the security and privacy policies in detail. Um, I mean, Zoho, we don't have ad revenue model at all, uh, but we do have free versions of our applications, but they are still highly secure. But if you're getting a free version of a software, most times, there is a, an additional revenue model that involves data. So you just need to read the privacy policies. Andrew, thank you so much for your time. Uh, thank you so much for this discussion. I think privacy is such an integral part of our concerns here at iAfrican.com. Remember to tell your friends, family, and colleagues that the show is available to listen for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Deezer, or any other app that you use to listen to podcasts. Also, make sure to head over to www.iafrican.com forward slash radio. That is www.iafrican.com forward slash radio. And subscribe to get notified on new episodes of the Tech Legal Matters podcast and any other iAfrican radio shows. Stay safe on the web.